Hi, I'm Lee Keough, Editor-in-Chief of NJ Spotlight, and I'd like to welcome you to our new conference podcast series. Today's program is from our NJ Spotlight on Cities event, held October 16th, 2015, at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center in Newark. Economic development tax incentives have been a big topic this year, with tax credits of more than $6 billion being promised by the state to various businesses. Are these incentives worth it? or even necessary. We brought together the leading voices on this issue, Gordon McGinnis, president of New Jersey Policy Perspective, who argues against such a high rate of credits, and Michelle Sakurka, president of the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, who says they offer tremendous value to taxpayers in the form of jobs. John Reitmeyer of NJ Spotlight moderates the debate. Um, and I, I won't say much. I'll, I'll leave this. Um, this could be a half hour about session and Dealing with the um, ever dicey topic of, of tax credits incentives, it's been a, a big issue in New Jersey, and we have um, some really important and, and informed voices uh, speaking on the different issues. And then, the, and we also have John Reitmeyer. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> our our very own reporter who covers a lot of the public finance issues and and, and knows them well. So, I'll leave it to you, John. Thank you, thank you, John, and you know, thanks for the room here, and uh, we'll. We'll try and keep it lively and keep you entertained. Now we're getting a little later in the day. Uh, I want to introduce the panelists here. Uh, we have Michelle Sakurka from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, which represents how many? 20,000 businesses. I going to say that. 20,000, uh, big and small? Oh, uh, predominantly small business, yes. Mm -hmm. And we have Gordon McInnes from New Jersey Policy Perspective, which is a... Um, go-to think tank in Trenton on a, a lot of uh, important issues, and they offer um, a lot of input, both in the committee setting and uh, with reports as well. Um, I have a good panel. They know a whole lot more about this than I do, and I, I plan to get out of the way as much as I can. Um, I do want to keep the focus as much as we can today on, on the topic of cities and sort of tailor our, our talk. This is an issue that can get off the rails pretty easily. Um, and since it is a debate, or it's titled The Great Debate, um, I want to do opening statements, just a couple minute or two, um, and uh, we'll go first with Michelle. Great. Thank you very much. So, and let me also qualify when I talk about representing 20,000 businesses. The statistic I like to have people hear is 1.2 million jobs. 1.2 million jobs in the state of New Jersey, and that's the most important. And to be competitive and create jobs in the state of New Jersey, particularly in cities, we need to be competitive. And the way we are competitive is to mitigate against a very challenging tax environment, which in the state of New Jersey we have. We are pretty much at the bottom of every ranking when it comes to the cost of any tax in the state of New Jersey. And as I like to say, if we're going to take $100 away from you, we have to find a way to give back 50 and then we could talk about net tax impact, and we'd probably be in a better place in New Jersey. And I would suggest to you, especially in our cities where there is a focus for these incentives, that these incentives allow New Jersey to be competitive with those other states that are really trying to eat our lunch on jobs. So we have a couple of problems with the uh, incentive plan that has been set up by the legislature and the governor uh, back in 19... In 2013, one of the problems is that there was no cap placed on the number of dollars that can be handed out in the, in the form of uh, foregone tax payments in the future. Uh, 
uh, in a state where we're in dire financial straits, broke effectively, unable to meet our current obligations. And what this does is to ensure that that situation will grow worse as we go forward. Secondly, it, the legislation that is in place has set up an, uh, an imprudent test of whether the applicant uh, proposal is going to benefit taxpayers and the general public or not. And, and it, it in, in particular, for, for five municipalities in New Jersey, it sets a test where the benefits are, are estimated, if you can, over 30 or 35 years. However, the recipient of the credits only has to stay in place for 15 years, and the tax credits are paid out in the first 10 years. So if you take all that number stuff, what it means is that the taxpayers are on the hook for a very long time, the beneficiary is not. And I think it's finally uh, fair to say that the purpose of the, of the program, admirable, one that everybody can support to prevent the flight of jobs from New Jersey and to attract jobs to New Jersey. We're not in favor of disarming, but the fact is that it sets up a procedure where it's impossible to prove that the company seeking the tax break is actually uh, a real threat to leave the state. And that's sort of a cottage industry that has developed around the country. Uh, anyway, those are no, and that touches on something um, that I would throw at Michelle is, and it's something I think I've asked you for stories that when I've written about this issue is the metrics and 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 Gordon made reference to changes that were made in 2013. We basically whittled down, I think it was a a bunch of programs in, into uh, essentially two, um, and and there are requirements in place to make sure that these companies meet their benchmarks in order to, to get, receive the incentive. Uh, but what can we do um, to, to convince the taxpayer that you're getting return on, your, on your, your dollar so there's no question even? Well, let's talk about return on investment. Um, thus far, New Jersey has paid out $73.8 million. Let me take a step back because, first of all, a tax credit you must earn. So when you come in, when you read every day in the paper, EDA gave away $2 billion today. They didn't give away $2 billion today. Someone came in, they made an application to show that in the future they are going to earn, they're going to earn those tax credits. So let's please focus on that. So only what has been paid out so far in New Jersey under this program, $73.8 million, that has generated $809 million in investment. Let me repeat the numbers. $73.8 million has generated $809 million in investment in the state of New Jersey. That is stimulating an economy. What does that mean for jobs? 1,900 construction jobs and 3,200 permanent jobs new in the state of New Jersey. Okay? I think that's some pretty good return on investment. Um, Gordon, you want to... You well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, those are great numbers, and it would say to you, well, what the hell is the, the guy doing up here opposing it? The problem is that there's no certainty that those are jobs that wouldn't have been in New Jersey anyway. And in fact, we can see that about half of the jobs that are being uh, used as the, as the reason for the, the, the subsidy, the tax break, about half the jobs are right here in New Jersey to begin with. 
in terms of talking about the cities, and particularly the five that are in this special category, over 60, 60% of the jobs are already in New Jersey. So we can't be certain because of this uh, uncertain certification that is required, that is provided through this cottage industry of people who say, yep, I've talked to Prudential, and they're ready to move to Connecticut, or they're ready to move to Westchester, and they want to leave Newark after 140 years, even though their their, uh, alternative is to move three blocks to Broad Street next to their headquarters, which is how they ended up. And we gave out $202 million, was it, to Prudential? Uh, a company that earns in the billions, it's important. Why would any business turn down the opportunity to get $202 million in tax breaks? It'd be foolish to do that. Do you think that that's one of the primary... uh, Is that a driving uh, part of their decision-making? No, I don't think it is. I think that... And here's here's the... I think the... Well, let let Michelle answer that, too. (laughs) I I, I do want to address two points because, uh, first of all, there there are companies that want nothing to do with the incentive program because it still is a government program requires a lot of paperwork, okay? So not everybody is, you know, running to these. It's the companies that it's the right thing for the right time to keep them here. I would suggest that retaining a job, we should start by retaining jobs because we have a horrific out-migration from the state of New Jersey. It is much easier to retain a job than to attract a new one. I'm a membership organization. I know it's much easier to retain a member than to attract a new one, okay? So job retention is really important. Let's not underestimate the value of job retention. Out-migration, I just want to give you two quick stats here because it's so important why we need to retain jobs. Between 2007 and 2014, 1.6 million people moved out of the state of New Jersey, okay? Between 2004 and 2013, we lost a net of $18 billion in adjustable gross income. $18 billion in one decade, adjustable gross income, net. And I emphasize net because we got people coming into New Jersey every day. The problem is the out-migration is larger than the in-migration, and we're continuing to see a continued net loss of adjustable gross income. And what does it mean when we lose adjustable gross income from the state of New Jersey? When one person leaves the state of New Jersey, a business owner who closes their business and leaves, we lose their income, which comes into the general fund. So think about if we had $18 billion extra in our general fund today, what we could do for our safety net programs in the state of New Jersey and for economic development. When they leave, the jobs from the company go. When they leave, they take their charitable giving to their communities. And we have some stats on charitable community giving, which is going to be really scary. Okay, Think about philanthropists who walk away or even just middle-class folks. My gosh, we all, we all contribute, right? And when that leaves and goes to another state, that is very problematic for us. And where are they going? When they leave, they're not just going to Florida because of the weather. All right, Our statistics are showing us that number one state they're going to is Pennsylvania. The weather ain't much nicer in Pennsylvania than New Jersey. It's because it's more competitive for individuals and businesses to go to Pennsylvania. Uh, real quick, uh, I want to take questions at some point. So if you're coming up with a question while we're talking, write it down and you'll be able to, I think John's still with us in here, he, uh, hand it to someone and we'll, we'll make sure that you're a, a couple of questions at least um, get asked. Uh, I want to touch on also, we focus a lot on the bigger cities um, not all cities are created equal uh, in terms of size, in terms of geographic location. Um, maybe they're not as connected to mass transit as others. Uh, is, is that a problem in that more of the, the resources, and at the end of the day, the, the money for the tax incentives do come out of 
the you know what flows into the state budget. So it means there'll be less money uh, unless it's earned back theoretically on the other side for things like education and, and investment in other areas. Are, are we properly sized in terms of getting? Uh, smaller incentives to maybe businesses in smaller cities that might not need the $220 million boost to save 300 employees, but, but might need the smaller one for 10 employees. But that would be really crucial to that city. So there's two parts to that. One is that um, the, the new uh, GROW programs reach down to smaller companies than they kind of ever did before. So that's a nice thing, that there is more opportunity. The problem is the small businesses don't know they exist. We have to do a much better job at marketing these incentive programs for smaller business. We're trying to do that at, at, at BIA. The second piece, though, is um, secondary impact of the incentive on small business. So think about when a company, whether it be big or small, comes into a community, there is a tremendous ripple effect to the other businesses in that region. And I, I just, I love th- this example that um, there's this diner that I meet people for coffee all the time on Route 1, right, in, in uh, Lawrence. And it's a, a sleepy little diner, right, but its location is tremendous. Right across the street, there came a new uh, a AAA repair facility, okay, and it was much bigger. Now, they didn't get incentives, but they came to town. The woman in the diner, the owner, who I know because I'm there all the time, she said to me, thank God for that AAA because they all come and have coffee while they're getting their car repaired. That is no different than Panasonic coming in to Newark and the pizzeria getting 10 more orders of pie every day or the laundromat where all the suits are going to take their suits to be cleaned. So the ripple effect we shouldn't ignore as well. I want to throw that at you too, Gordon, because would it be more acceptable if it was... You know, the, the, the portion that goes to the big corporations were instead going to the main streets? Uh, it's a tough call because, uh, first of all, most of the incentives for small businesses are targeted at particular sorts of businesses in terms of uh, information technology and biosciences. And it makes sense to encourage startups in New Jersey. Typically what you find, however, is that people who are engaged in startups aren't thinking about profitability and saving tax money because they're, it's a startup. They're not going to make money for a while. That's not, what, that's not what brings them to New Jersey if they're here. Uh, you mentioned Panasonic. It's a pretty good example, I think, of, of why I think this is a, something we don't want to give up but we do need to change the rules on which it's operating. Panasonic's uh, CFO, on the day of the ribbon cutting, was asked about the role of the tax break in locating Panasonic in Newark. It moved all the way from Secaucus, and it, lo- and it relocated about 1,000 jobs uh, with an incentive that was slightly over, I think, $100 million. And he said, oh, you know, that didn't have anything to do about, we we, we weren't going someplace else. We all love being where we are. We're close to New York. We love being in this area. This is perfect because we can either take the tubes or Amtrak or Jersey Transit into New York if that's where we're going. And we all want to stay in this area. That's why we're here. And that's why why we're staying here. That was the CFO who signed the form asserting that there was some threat that they would be leaving town. And that comes up with frequency because really what counts, and this is why this diverts the conversation away from it, what counts in New Jersey is our location. Uh, No other state is in the middle of the world's largest consumer market with access to the most important city in the world in the north and to Philadelphia with the Phillies and Flyers, if you want, in the south. (laughs) 
Excuse me, I'm sorry. And the New York team's in the north, yeah. <laughs> and the Mets are in, right? So, the, so location is critical. No, no state can compete with this as long as you have the transportation network that'll get you around and get the goods and services through and, uh, and about the state and into those cities. That is a problem for us. The other thing that we've got is one of the best educated workforces in the country. We have a plethora of pleasant, vibrant communities with great public schools, with access to the cities, New York and Philly, and, and, and to the highways, if that's, that counts. We have, we have the strongest magnet for attracting, striving immigrants of any state in the union except for California and New York. Those are the assets that really count in building an economy and attracting jobs and creative and enterprising people. That's what we've got. Because we have put only one arrow in our quiver, the, the arrow of granting tax breaks in the future, because of that, we have neglected the assets that really build an economy, that drive the decision to locate a, a new business or expand a business that's already here. That's what, that's what keeps people in New Jersey and attracts them to New Jersey. This is a small part of the universe for particularly large corporations. The, the payment of local taxes is, is a modest a modest indicator for them what really counts, and this is verified by the... We're going to take a question in a second here. Oh, we are? A couple. Can I just make one? one I shouldn't comment? stop. I should, <laughs> I should stop, you mean? <laughs> we let you go for a little okay, while. Okay, that's all right. I'll stop. We'll... Yeah, and I just, I, I, I wouldn't want to leave that uh, we think that the impact of taxes on business is, uh, is not an issue in the state of New Jersey. Um, the cumulative tax environment, I, I hear it every day. So let's say it's very true. You, you did a great commercial, Gordon, for New Jersey, because when I go out and talk, the first thing they do is talk about the tremendous and rich assets we have in education and workforce and location, and that's why we're here. I mean, we're all here today, right? Um, however, let's not fool ourselves. Taxes count. Businesses are willing to pay a premium for being in New Jersey, they're willing to pay a premium. They are not willing to pay a super premium. And these types of incentive programs help to offset and mitigate against that super premium. We have okay, a, we'll... a, a couple questions of a similar theme. Um, and and um, you know, this speaks to it, but I'll, I'll address the other one. You know, should the state be requiring community benefits agreements between the company getting the tax incentives, the city, and the community? And another question is about... Yes, we understand the importance of creating and retaining jobs, but should that be the only criterion? And this is the Urban Hub tax credit was intended in part to spark private investment in distressed areas with good transit assets. Should there be additional goals besides just jobs that focus on larger urban revitalization? Well, we have two different programs, and one of them is driven by job creation, and the other is, is driven by closing the financial gap for a business to locate in New Jersey or stay in New Jersey. Uh, and so but you have already there be incentives have a, for them to help you know, the communities they serve beyond so providing jobs? I think that's a good point, and I think that the bill that was enacted, the Economic Opportunity Act of 2013, did neglect that. And that becomes important because we, we are seeing in this surge uh, without discipline of, of uh, tax subsidies being handed out. We are seeing, and, and, and the, the EDA met yesterday, day before? Day before. One of them was a, uh, for a laundry that was going to locate from Belmar, not with an A-W-R uh, at the end, five miles away to Camden. 
and it was going to get $5 million or something in tax credits. It was going to, it was going to create no new jobs. The average wage uh, of the people who were going to move from Belmar to Camden was $18,000 a year. You cannot survive in New Jersey on $18,000 a year. We should not be using our tax sources to create jobs that aren't sustainable for the people who, who have them. We should be attracting jobs like, well, yes, like Panasonic or like J.P. Morgan Chase. Yes, those are great jobs to attract because they bring people with, with income where it may be worth using the tax break as, as a part of the magnet. But to create retail you know, jobs as we are in an American dream, so you, where people are going to be earning less than $19,000 a year in North Jersey and trying to survive, you can't do that in North Jersey. Nineteen grand does not work. That's a problem. And the, and the law we have makes, pays no attention to that problem, nor does it require that, that in these municipalities that are receiving a special formula that the jobs, that a, that a special effort be made to, to recruit residents of those cities for those jobs. Big, big deficiency. So strings attached, basically? Well, you know, it's, it's always good to have strings attached that are, are, are practical strings. Um, and you can take any program and you could say, let's add, you know, 10 more criteria to it. We're really great at that in government. You know, we can add another 10 steps and we can bog it down and it won't go, it won't go anywhere. You know, I would, I would suggest that the incentive programs we have today are uh, much akin and, and very synergistic with the types of incentive programs that are in the surrounding states and those competitive states. Also, um, you know, mandating community benefit, it sounds, it sounds good on paper. It does. It's, it's challenging to do. Um, we're a very unique state in terms of our, our home rule and what that means at a local level. I know what I find in our, in our um, members uh, through and through is that our members are very socially responsible. When they come into a town, they give to the town. And oftentimes, um, I would imagine that what Panasonic does for the city of Trenton and its surrounding areas. I know if, if, if I had a chance to uh, talk to Joe Taylor this morning, I couldn't be here. I'm sure he'd tell me a story of how much money he is giving back to the community uh, here in Newark and the surrounding area and what a difference the incentive of keeping Panasonic and those jobs in New Jersey has made made. Just the very last piece on this about those low-income jobs. Um, we're extremely diverse in the state of New Jersey, and I don't want to get off on any minimum wage discussions here, but you know, it's all about workforce development and building skills, and we need places for people to start, and then we need to give them the, still, the skills to continue to advance them in these companies. And you know that laundromat, um, somebody may be earning 18000 today. They're frontline. They're coming in as skilled labor. They may be managing or running that laundromat 10 years from now. That's the average wage. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, if incentives are not available, why do you think, what do you think is the main reason for business migration out of New Jersey? Well, if you think about it, um, it's not clear that the mi- business migration out of New Jersey is uh, a flood tide, number one. I think what we can say is that since the Great Recession, we have not created many new jobs. We are way behind New York and Pennsylvania, way behind the United States, way behind the Northeast pretty much in creating new jobs after the recession. To date, and this was uh, with the latest uh, jobs report coming out yesterday, uh, we have recovered 70% of the jobs we lost. New York State has recovered 240%. Pennsylvania's recovered 130%. The nation's recovered 140%. We're way behind. And I think that, the, that 
in part, we've relied on just one, one approach to try and recover from the Great Recession. And we took that one approach and we made it even more flamboyant in 2013. My judgment would be, if that's your single bet all in on tax breaks, it's not working. Yeah. I, I, would, I would say that um, this is something that we can uh, agree on in that we need to have a diverse offering of relief for individuals and business owners um, because what we hear, and, and I would though disagree respectfully, we do have a flood going out of the state of New Jersey. I gave you the statistics. I mean, I'll say it again. You know, 1.6 million people and a net, net loss of 18 billion in 10 years. Um, we've been studying, we've been studying the IRS data um, we'll be issuing a report this fall on these numbers, and you can see the in-migration is here, the out-migration is here, and the net is a loss to the state of New Jersey. Those are real hard numbers, and we have the data. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and in, embedded in that, though, is a very complex complex group of taxes that impact. Um, so, you know, individual income tax, business tax, property tax, sales tax, and ding, estate and inheritance tax. You want to talk about where we're an outlier? One of two states in the entire United States that has dual death taxes, estate and inheritance. And when I talk to my business members every day and our business outlook survey early results going into 2016, we're surveying right now. 67% of 1,100 businesses that we surveyed, 67% said they're contemplating their retirement and they're out of New Jersey because of a state and inheritance tax. Well, maybe next year we'll do a whole uh, discussion on that one, depending on where things come in the next few months. Gordon, you touched on something that I wanted to touch on too. Where we're at right now in terms of offering these incentives, and it's also a question for Michelle, is this a five-year get us out of the recession policy in your eyes? Is this a longer term, 10-year, quarter of a century? I mean, I, I think you probably prefer, Michelle, lower taxes, and maybe then we could talk Absolutely. about it. But you know, in five, 10 years, what, what, where should we be? Well, we should, in, in five to 10 months, we should have, before the legislature, uh, a bill with the possibility that it would be signed that would revise the reckless criteria that are being employed leading to a surge in these tax breaks. Uh, we're not against tax incentives, but we are against one that is undisciplined without a cap. So that there really isn't, as long as you plug in the numbers and it comes out within the statutory formula, the uh, subsidy is granted. And so we are at risk because, as you are all aware, we are far behind where we need to be in having the revenues in place to meet our current obligations. Never mind doing anything different, new. Never mind investing in the, those assets that we described. Just keeping the lid on what we've got, we can't do. We're far behind. And so having something which over a 10-year period is going to see $6.5 billion taken out of the corporate business tax is an unwise and disproportionate response at this time. And I think we could agree on having a much more sensible, prudent test before the subsidies are granted. I think we could agree that uh, there should be a stronger confirmation about the threat of, of flight. Uh, and I think that we ought to be 
talking more about investing in the assets that have drawn LG Electronics or Bosch and Loam or the other companies that have come into Nestle's just moved, uh, just announced that the, after an international search, Europe, Asia, North America, they selected Bridgewater, New Jersey as their site for a new laboratory for research and development. Pretty big catch, I would say. Was it because of the tax break? Not at all. Was it because of the existence of a highly educated workforce available? That was the primary explanation for it, and location was the second location. It was the second explanation. I'm sorry, I thought there was a new question. I wanted to throw throw the same question at you, and and that'll be where we leave it. So, and one thing um, we do, we talk about all the time is, yeah, we have to see how these programs stack up, and it's going to take some time for us to look back. I know Rutgers is doing a study um, on this, uh, but what we need to do, what we need to see is five, ten years from now, look back. But I will, again, you know, if we look at where we are right now, I want to repeat earned. These are earned. We don't give them away. Okay. So it, 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 it's earned. 73.8 million transcends to 809 million. When a company is able to bring money back into a community, they're reinvesting in themselves, they're growing, mm. they're creating jobs. From those jobs we are spending in our community that has a secondary trickle effect around it. And so these aren't, these aren't handouts. They're not corporate handouts. You must earn this. And you know what? In order to earn it, it takes time. In the state of New Jersey, if you have someone coming in and building a new facility in the state of New Jersey, it's going to take you three to five years to do it once you get through all our regulatory hurdles and our approvals at the three levels of government you may need it. So absolutely, we need time to see how these are going to perform. But if the early statistics in terms of return on investment, 73.8 to 809, I think that's pretty good. And is it a, a stimulus and a catalyst? Absolutely. And do we need it? Absolutely. All right. I think we're, I think we're good. Thank our, our panelists. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. For more information on NJ Spotlight or to offer comments, please go to njspotlight.com. To learn about this specific conference, visit njspotlightoncities.com. Production services were provided by professional podcasts on the web at beingthemedia.com. For everyone here at NJ Spotlight, this is Lee Keo. Thanks for listening.